Today on the newscast, we head to Israel's Golan Heights for in-depth analysis on what Iran's regime really wants. That's next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman newscast from the Big D, Dallas. We're filming today at TBN's Dallas studio, but we are heading to Israel's Golan Heights on the other side of the world where we will be joined by TBN Jerusalem correspondent Mati Shoshani and top Middle East analyst Jonathan Spire of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security. In the shadow of Syria, Mati and Jonathan had a very important discussion on what the Iranian regime wants. Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they want nuclear weapons? There is a whole political, civilizational, and religious reasoning behind the Iranian regime's drive for the bomb. I'm often asked here on the newscast in our live streams why Iran's leaders hate Israel. Well, if you want to know the ideology, and that is the key, folks, the first rule of war, know your enemy. If you do not understand the ideology, you cannot defeat the ideology. Mati and Jonathan unpack it today, in-depth analysis on what Israel and the United States are facing in the form of the Iranian regime and its drive for the bomb. Take a look. With regard to the nuclear issue, why do they want uh, a nuclear uh, capacity? The Iranians regard themselves as a, themselves as a great uh, civilization. Mm -hmm. They're looking to becoming the dominant power in the region. Great powers have nuclear capacity. It's part of what a great power is. Mm -hmm. So the, the project is civilizational in that respect, but it also has a very practical application. Mm -hmm. If what you want to do is you want to completely reset the balance of power in a region to your own benefit, that's to say upset the benefits of other states to their detriment, mm -hmm. it will help you greatly if you have a sort of uh, uh, unimpeachable insurance policy, so to speak, and a nuclear capacity gives that to a state. Mm -hmm. Once you have a nuclear capacity, you're kind of untouchable to a certain degree. Iran wants to disrupt the entire region, so it's natural for it to want to have that insurance policy to go with it. And for that reason, it's been pushing as hard as it has in spite of the sanctions, in spite of the opposition to it, in spite of all the problems it's brought around to get towards that nuclear capacity. Now, the fact is that since uh, the uh, United States chose to leave the JCPOA in uh, March uh, 2018, the Iranians, a year later, for a while they were cautious, since mid-2019, they've been pushing forward on all fronts, mm -hmm. specifically on the issue of uranium uh, enrichment towards threshold nuclear capacity and mm -hmm. they are very nearly there it is generally considered that today should the iranians choose to wish to push forward to get sufficient enriched uranium to make a single nuclear device it would take them roughly one month to do so it's nothing at all yeah, it's nothing at all it yeah. would then take them they then have to make a warhead and a ballistic missile they can fit a warhead onto which could well take them another year year and a half so the experts tell us but they're very close to that uranium uh, capacity now, negotiations have just opened up again uh, in Vienna between what's called the P4 plus one countries mm -hmm. with the United States kind of observing from the side mm -hmm. and Iran with the intention of reach of getting back to a nuclear agreement. That's where mm -hmm. we're currently located. But frankly, looking at the evidence we've got so far, at least you know, the Iranian position is such that it is very difficult to see how uh, we can get back to an agreement because the Iranians are saying, as far as they're concerned, they've only come to Vienna to talk about the lifting of sanctions. As far as they're concerned, with regard to the nuclear agreement, they say, well, we never left the agreement. If America wants to come back to the agreement, as far as we're concerned, it's still in effect. They can do so tomorrow morning. 
But then the problem, of course, is the huge advances that Iran has made since 2018-2019 in its enrichment capacities. Because, mm -hmm. of course, the United States and the international community will say, no, 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 if you want to get back to a new agreement, you've got to give up most of that new capacity and get back to where you were when the U.S. left the agreement. It's very hard they're, to They're see. not willing to do they're that. They're not going to do that. So it's quite hard to see how, in fact, that problem is going to be surmountable. Which brings, as I would say, to the key point, which is that, in my view at least, and that of, of, uh, of many others, mm -hmm. what's happening here is not a negotiation in good faith. What's happening is that the Iranians are seeking simply to run, down, run out the clock whilst they continue to advance towards that uranium enrichment capacity, mm. which will make them a threshold nuclear state. And then at that point, they've kind of made it. And that's, I think, what's taking place here. They're simply buying time in order to keep on with that activity to get to a point of no return. The question then is, will they then attempt to accelerate forward to get to a point of actually testing and a nuclear device? Why, why wouldn't device? they? Well, they may not wish to, because they may wish they may consider to themselves that being a threshold nuclear it's, state what, enough? already gets you to the place they will want to be in terms of having a deterrent, that deterrent capacity they want to carry on their regional mischief. But what I would say is that if they do choose to have that breakout time, mm -hmm. uh, assuming that Israeli intelligence uh, is good, which we certainly assume and hope it is, there will then be that window of opportunity which would then make Israeli military action of one kind or another uh, a likelihood. So that's the, that would be the point of greatest danger in terms of possible mm -hmm. military strike. The question is, will the Iranians take that decision or will they prefer to remain the threshold state? And I'm afraid that remains to be seen and we're going to find out because this is going to be, you know, in a way, the central pro process in the region over the next uh, half decade to a decade, I would say. Why do they invest time, money, resources, sacrifice the future of their people in many senses to hate on, you know, to mm. use a sort of a layman's term, on the state of Israel and America by extension, where is that coming from? Why is that sentiment so strong and the commitment to so, you know, so severe to that? Well, I would say, first of all, let's remember that Iran is a revolutionary regime and mm -hmm. it's still a relatively youthful revolutionary regime. It's been since 1979. It's going back a while, but, you know, there's still that revolutionary fervor there. And we, and we know what the basis to that revolutionary ideology is because it's not secret. There are plenty of publications. You know, this is a view which is a Shia Islamist mm -hmm. uh, outlook which believes that uh, revolutionary Islam is the, uh, the correct force to reverse the domination of the West, of the uh, infidels in the uh, Muslim Middle East. This is uh, the bottom line here. Now, I would say with Iran, there's a couple of other things to consider. One is that in the Iranian case, this is wedded, this ideology is wedded to Iranian nationalism mm -hmm. and patriotism. And this is important to remember because even Iranians who don't support the revolutionary ideology of the regime nevertheless are patriotic and nationalistic. And for that reason, it is a broadly held sentiment among Iranians that mm -hmm. Iran is a great civilization, that it does not currently occupy its natural place of prominence in the world. You know, Iranians that I've met have often said to me, when you consider Iran, think of us, you know, in the same sentence, in the same breath as India and China, not in the same breath as Iraq and Syria. You understand this? This idea of like they're a great civilization, they've been brought down, it's time to get back up there. So I think that's the way, that's the way to start looking at it. From the Iranian point of view, of course, America is the real enemy. America is the great Satan. Israel is regarded in some ways as a kind of uh, a more minor concern. The Iranians consider it to be a kind of creation mm -hmm. of the imperialists, which has to be swept aside. But the real battle is with what they regard as the American 
uh, domination of the region, and that's what they're challenging. Now, there's a third. Uh, is that a piece. religious thought? Ah, so this is what I wanted to get oh, to. There's a yeah. third component to this, mm -hmm. which is what we would call, I guess, the eschatological aspect. That's to say, the aspect of apocalyptic thinking, apocalyptic religious thinking. Well, within Shia Islam. Yes, the, because okay. within Shia Islam. The notion of the hidden imam and the return of the hidden imam in the end of days and then the battle between this hidden imam and the Muslim armies behind him. And they, they, in their eschatology, they say that Jesus, by the way, will reappear and be on their side. And they'll fight against an army of the, of the devil or the Antichrist, which they call the Dajjal. So they have a whole eschatology of what they think will happen. The 12th Imam is the hidden Imam is supposed to reappear in a well mm -hmm. in the city of Qom and then he'll come up and then he'll, he'll, be, he'll lead these armies uh, for the final battle. Um, the question of course is not, I mean everyone's entitled to have their own beliefs and so on. There's no reason to, to relate to that. But the question is to what extent are these beliefs actually informing policy? And there are those who believe that, well, they are, and that that's why this state is so dangerous, mm -hmm. because it is genuinely seeking to act out a kind of apocalyptic timeline, which it has you know, mapped out, and it wants nuclear capacity mm -hmm. to stand behind that. Thanks again to our good friends, Mati Shoshani and Jonathan Spire. Folks, the big takeaway for me is when Jonathan made clear that Iran's main enemy, its main adversary, is the United States. Remember, in that Iranian ideology, it's America that is the great Satan, and in their words, Israel is only the little Satan. So every American should understand that we also have a bullseye on our back when it comes to a potential nuclear Iran. Why should you care about what happens over there in the Middle East? Clearly, it affects us here. What happens in the Middle East does not stay in the Middle East. It is the world's most pivotal and strategic region, and yes, it affects every American as well as Jonathan laid out in stark detail today. Hey, if you love that clip, you will love our weekly Watchmen TV show on TBN every Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Fridays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are getting on the ground in places like Israel's Golan Heights, which you saw today on a regular basis, bringing you the in-depth story, the analysis you just won't get anywhere else on the Watchman TV show, of course, and yes, every day here on the newscast on YouTube, Monday through Friday. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Until next time, God bless you, and remember, never hold your peace.